0: Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast.
1: I'm Rebecca Plum, your big sister.
0: And I'm Sean Serha, your GBF.
1: We're not that hot or that young.
0: But we believe it's a state of mind that helps us build adaptable and profitable businesses.
1: We rely on the support of our design besties to get through each day.
0: So let's explore the emotional, practical, and humorous sides of being interior designers.
1: Welcome to the club.
0: Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? T-G-I-F. Ugh, another one bites the dust.
1: You know what? Actually, we're recording on Fridays, and our episodes are coming out on Fridays, so that's kind of fun.
0: That kind of fixes some of your um,
1: (laughs) time dysmorphia.
0: (laughs) Like... (laughs)
1: I know. Yeah. Sean and I, a little inside behind the scenes here. Sean and I have this like internal debate because I have this issue where we're starting to record further in advance, which is really good for our stress levels and our
0: schedules.
1: But then I just kind of feel like, I don't know, this like weird, yeah, time warp.
0: Yeah. Cause it's, it's the separation between when everyone will actually hear it. And so we just start, It's that push and pull of wanting to create evergreen content that's not dependent on time, but also not like losing some relevance to current events when you are thinking like, you know, it's like planning a Christmas holiday catalog the year before. And you're like, no one's thinking about this right now. No one's going to be buying this like...
1: I that used to be my life and it was really extra fun when you're trying to do photography and style shoots and, and you can't find it. like there's nothing.
0: Yeah. I mean the like, the difference is is we have the content. We just right. aren't sure like if something will age well all the time.
1: But I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not it, not completely relevant, but still. No.
1: Yeah, there's just a little behind the scenes. And maybe you guys notice we have a new intro. I mean, that's where this time warp comes into play because it's been a long time since you've now been hearing it, but we recently launched it. So,
0: New intro and new cover art.
1: Yeah. With our beautiful,
0: like, gorgeous faces on it.
1: Couple little sneaky peeks, little Easter eggs there for you. <laughs> Thank you to our new editors for helping us profession up a little bit.
0: Yeah, we like level up, getting our, sh- getting our shit organized and legit.
1: Yes. So do we want to do any little housekeepings?
0: New downloads are out monthly. We do get some questions from some of the hotties. If you're a Patreon member, yeah, you got to download when they come out. That's the, the bennies of the Patreon membership is that you have exclusive access to them. In the month that, they release, but you do not have indefinite access to them. So you do want to make sure to download the month that they come out. And then if you happen to join later or you missed a download, then you have the coupon code to go into our resources on our website and get them. That's more just like a... Yeah, don't forget to get the thing you're paying for every month. Um, So far, we've been able to send them to everybody still. Like
1: Yeah, we're not sticklers on that, but you know.
0: Like the resource Scrooge over here where it's like, (laughs) no, it's the first of the next month now. It's too late. You (laughs) missed your chance.
1: But also we are sending out reminders because we weren't really realizing that was happening. So yeah, just keep us in your inbox.
0: Yeah. Don't put us in your spam because then you'll miss that kind of stuff. We've got some good feedback on the window the drapery calculator too. There were quite a few hotties in our DMs. That's a freebie download. So that one was surprisingly popular. I mean, everybody loves a freebie, but I was surprised to read people are like, oh my God, this is like really accurate. Like this will help.
1: I mean, I use it all the time. So I created that, an uglier version of it when I started a few years ago. And I use it like I... It just helps me. I just have to do like those handwritten calculations for that kind of stuff. So yeah. having it on, like keeping it in my iPad, then I don't just like throw away a little post-it note of a scribbles. Paper. Yeah, yeah. So you can get that on our website on our resources page. It's a free download and listen to that window treatments episode because it's I've been doing it's conspiracy. I've, well, since we've had that episode, actually. I've gotten my cheap Etsy ones for my house. Mm-hmm. in your guest room.
0: Those They're are not, in the show you linked that vendor in the show notes too. So oh, yeah. Easter egg.
1: and I <laughs> I'm still I still think there's a time and a place for those. But I've also been working with my local workroom and have had a couple new projects with like the state of the art, <laughs> super craftsmanship. Versions and it is night and day. Like, yeah. Not just the way they look, like the whole experience, like having a trusted partner, like, she drove out to the Bay Area with me, did measurements, helped us, like, come up with a couple ideas, and she just asked a little bit more technical questions to make sure we're thinking through everything. And then she's handling all those measurements and is going to install them. And it's going to be fantastic.
0: Yeah, there's some that's just like that that full service approach. I mean, it's like full service starts to lose meaning because it just does not really convey what we really do for our clients. So it's just like totally different once you've experienced it. It's sort of like trying to explain a luxury hotel experience to someone who's never been there, and they're like, "Well, the Best Western is great. It's it's so clean and it's close to this, and it's what." And you're like, "Hold on, ma'am." Like let me get you at the Ritz Carlton and then we can talk. Like, let's compare later. Like
1: Yeah. They're both they both have their time and their place, but they're not the same. They're
0: both actual (laughs) places (laughs) that you can sleep. That you can sleep. (laughs) They both have beds. (laughs) That's the extent of the comparison.
1: Exactly.
0: Oh no. So yeah, those are those are just the Reminders of what's going on in the Hot Young Designers Club land so you guys know where we're at, how to find us. Um, we've, We've had a lot of fun growing things. We have... October's download was the first download where we had a graphic designer helping us to get everything done and our virtual assistant also helping us. So, I mean... In the same practice, what we preach of what we're doing for design businesses, getting, getting help for the podcast has made it possible for us to grow. Rebecca sent me a really encouraging Marco Polo the other day of she's like, just a reminder, when we started back up, we said we wanted to do and we have accomplished all of that stuff. So
1: yeah, our little game plan. We're like in the next phase. So yeah, no, it's exciting.
0: It is exciting. You sound excited. It's exciting excited.
1: that it's not exciting. <laughs> you know, like, because I get like, oh, okay, now that's just handled and I'm moving on to the next thing. So it's like right, not exciting because I'm not like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to be up till midnight getting that ready. It's,
0: it's like crossing <laughs> the finish line for a marathon and realizing it's a two-leg marathon. And you're like, oh, God, like...
1: Yeah, it's so just, that's it's a exciting, but it's not yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, we finished we finished the swimming portion of the triathlon and now we have to get on a bike. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I've done that. It's terrible. <laughs> Don't sign me up for all of that. But yeah, that's what it's going on over here. But otherwise, it's been just like getting into this like last part of the year, planning out all of our strategies. Trying to plan some vacation. It's
1: almost Thanksgiving. I'm trying to get into the the real time of the listeners right now. Okay, we're babbling today. Let's get into the epi, shall we?
0: This was was one of those half-baked... Half-baked... We were starting to have a drink during our retreat and we were just... So this is like the... Y'all know you do this. You're... Looking around, seeing what other designers are doing, seeing their accomplishments, looking at where you're at. I feel like the comparison game is completely unavoidable. I I don't think I could ever just completely ignore what's happening around me.
1: And it's kind of shady sometimes. Like, You know either other designers in your area or some that you just are knowledgeable on Instagram that you know they're successful, but you're just like, Hmm. <laughs> well, you like,
0: what? How? How did they get all of this? Like, like, what did I miss?
1: Who are they for? I guess, like, just this, Just talking straight aesthetic. So, yes. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of good for you, not for me. Like, we have to always say lid that for every There's pot. Lid yes. for every pot. So, but that kind of got us t- talking, like. You can. There, I mean, I would almost argue the majority of designers that are successful are good designers, but maybe they're not like the Wow Kelly Worslers of design, you know, but still really good and technically great and have meet a client's needs.
0: Correct. Oh, yeah.
1: So we just kind of started thinking about that and how there are so many types of personalities in this industry. It's not just woo-woo creatives, which I kind of fall more on that side. There's also like super technical and super pragmatic and all those attorneys that have turned into interior designers and are killing it. Like there's a lot of different types
0: of designers. Yeah, and and we struggled before hitting record on this with the idea of we're trying not to make this about it's, it's not like personal judgment. It's not we believe it must be one way or the other. It's more just that idea of you're like looking at all these other designers. You're looking at what they're accomplishing. You see their work and you're like, you know what this person, you know, oh, you know what? You know what this is? This is like when you see an actor who has never won any awards, but you're like, damn, I have seen them in made-for-TV movies, commercials, blah, blah, Mm, blah, for like 40 years. Yeah, and you're like, they have been in everything for like 40 years. And what's funny is... They have laughed all the way to the bank. They have been consistently booked and busy their entire career, but never won any accolades. They're not going to get an Emmy. You wouldn't They're not going to get name. A BAFTA. Yeah, you just go, oh, that's that guy. He was in the blah, blah, blah. And you're mm-hmm. you know, going on their IMDB. And designers, I think, is the same way of you're just like, damn, this designer is, seems like they are always working. They, have, they are always on other projects. And maybe they won't end up published. Maybe they won't end up in a magazine. But guess what? They're laughing to the bank because they have clients, they have projects, they're employed. So it's not about the judgment of you're successful if you got published or other designers think you're good. It's like, no, you're you're successful if your goals were accomplished. If you as right. a designer are getting to do work that you like, like, it does not have to be all about the accolades and all about, Oh, my local chapters all want to interview me because I'm so great. Like that's not the measure of success for everybody.
1: Yeah. So I guess like after we were going down this little rabbit hole, we were trying to extract like what this whole questioning means and I kind of came down to like, what is your, where is it coming from? Like, what is your intention as a professional designer in this industry?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I feel like there is a bit of a spectrum and it goes from the like, maybe it's the Kelly Wurstlers who she probably doesn't know how to do CAD or do drawings. She's never probably had to. But she has these really big, high level ideas and is very artistic and um, trying to think out of the box constantly to another designer yeah. on the other end who's highly technical. They maybe have like the tiniest sample library because they like what they like. They know what works. They, these are the best, most functional materials for a kitchen. Yeah. And they don't need new inventions. They don't need to constantly be like wowing themselves or
0: they don't feel like innovating is what's gonna make my work better. It's like sometimes
1: the tried and true and they know this works and they know their clients are gonna never have problems.
0: Issues. Yeah. There's like a clarity that comes with that. And then but don't you think that exists in in like fashion design as well? Like there are designers who are really technically focused on proportion and shape that they just know works on Mm T- typically, a woman's body. And then you have those that are like, I found this weird. You have probably like your Alexander McQueen who's like, I found these weird seashells. Don't you think this would be a cool dress? And then people are like, uh, but how will we do it? And how will the woman walk in it? And then he's like, I got you. Like, there's, or that's and you need. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's just like, well, if she can get down the runway and back, it's fine. But I think that exists in <laughs> yeah, a right. lot of industries. We just forget because we're so, for me, it's this consumption based of we're seeing so many designers' work. Whereas in the past, I would only see them if I picked up a magazine. Now it's on my phone constantly. Now it's being texted to me, or I'm getting a newsletter, or a vendor had spaces that were photographed of a mm-hmm. designer's work. So it, it doesn't it doesn't just stop, you know we constantly are seeing it now,
1: right, and so what our whole premise of what makes a good designer isn't based on Sean and Rebecca's personal aesthetic and like wanting to be blown away and inspired like that's not it like. A good designer is, yes, meeting the goals that they set out for their businesses, meeting a client's expectations, and just getting hired and not getting sued. Like, (laughs) you know, like there's a lot of ways to be a good designer that have nothing to do with us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's not like anyone is... Kelly Worser's not turning to me going, what do you think? Like... (laughs)
1: I'm sure there's plenty of people that would walk into a proper hotel and be like, this is crazy. Not for me. Right. Yeah. Everything's crooked in here. Like, (laughs) the proportions are whack. Like,
0: Why can't there just be right angles?
1: Why do the gallery walls go up to the 30-foot ceiling? Like, yeah, that's just a whole different vibe. So, I also, like, we really just want us to think about this, like everyone to think about it for themselves. Because if you are the type of desi- designer that is super technically focused, your clients tend to be pretty straightforward. They don't want something that has never been seen before, which mm-hmm. is probably most people, let's be honest. Most, most people customers. are reassured
0: by that. Like, yeah, they don't want to do something out of the box because they're worried about it not being timeless enough or they're going to get sick of it, but
1: they don't like color that much. So, so if you're that type of designer, let's say, and you're really awesome at it and your clients are showing up for you, don't compare yourself to the other types of designers out there. I think it's just like, no, you're not your lane, but like your zone of genius is really kind of the thing that I keep having to come back to and try Mm -hmm. to understand about myself. Like when we were talking to Susan Winterstein in episode 76. Yeah. That came up a lot. Like, know thyself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) know what works best (laughs) for you. And it happens with this too.
0: Yeah. I think for me, it's this, I'm not going to say I feel confidently that I'm, if you had to place me on that spectrum, I'm going to say that I am aesthetically attracted to being closer to s- spiritual creative side. That's what I'm attracted to, but then what I inherently do is to approach it like I take that idea and then I approach it from this real like technical aspect of mm-hmm. problem solving, space planning, you know, and that side so I would if I have to pick on that, I feel like I'm towards the middle, but leaning more towards cerebral technical. Like I I wanna have that spiritual focus and the and I look at spaces like that and I go, oh my God, this is freaking amazing. And then I'm like, okay, but let's come back over here to sort of like my safety zone. And I've never felt ever like. Oh, well, that means I'll never create an amazing project, or that never, you know, it means I'll never have that really visually intriguing space. It's I've never said, oh, because I'm more this direction means I'll never get to create those spaces. It just means I'm gonna approach those spaces differently.
1: I guess I just I had a little bit of a thought. So this evolves, I think, but you probably started out as more of a technical. -hmm. Designer. And you're I've seen you do this, pushing yourself to layer in more you're pushing your aesthetic and pushing to learn and grow like your library of materials and your vendors and your resources so that you can layer in a lot more complexity to the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Where like I'm probably start the opposite, where like I come from the more I don't even know what creative visual creative, visual creative yeah. side. And I'm always having to like push myself to my technical skills. And that is either learning how to do them myself or hiring them out. And that's either is fine. Like you just need to solve it. Solve yeah. your deficiency basically. Mm-hmm. But where you don't want to hire out somebody who's gonna do the creative work for you. So you're yeah absorbing that and figuring out how to layer that in,
0: right? Yeah, I would rather have at this stage for me, I would rather have more technical help and client experience help, so that way I can continue to push forward on creative, and then other designers will would say the opposite. They would they would say. I'm going to execute it. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to do the client part cuz that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm fine if someone else brings me more creative ideas or more innovation. And I I think it kind of connects to figuring out what you want your company's goal to be and Where I started in 2017 is very different with Renstead Interiors to where I am today. And like why I felt that I needed to start working on a rebrand was yeah, like my goals were different and what I want to accomplish now feels different than it did five years ago. So
1: And that's I mean, hopefully everyone has some growth. (laughs) Like I'm yeah, I don't I'm not the same that I was five years ago. And I hope I'm not the same five years from now. I mean, there's no way I won't (laughs) be the same in five months, but (laughs) let's be real. So I guess it's like, I think there's a lot of shame and like self kind of criticism that we have. I know from a lot of designers that I've spoken to. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I just think it's like, no, you just need to reframe it. Like what, is your strength and what is the you of your business and also like we had these thoughts of like why do clients hire designers they have different intentions for that too absolutely like you need to find the match
0: yeah because for a client you're as a designer you're hoping to match with the client who needs or wants the thing that you are doing and it's not always super evident it feels like a dating game of types but it's like maybe they're attracted to you because of your style but they're not going to be attracted to your personality which that's like a recipe mm-hmm. for disaster mm-hmm. or maybe they're just attracted to you because you are the right price for what they're willing to pay for design but now your style's not going to be the right one to go with that and i've i've had people call me for projects, and like I've had discovery calls where I'm like, you are describing a project that's not really in my wheelhouse. Like, it's not that I couldn't do it. It's just that I'm not going to be the best person to create this ultra minimal modern home for you. And I love that journey for you. But I'm, I would not use the words minimal and modern to describe what I do. And I like, I know that that project will be smoother for the designer who matches with that client. And so knowing who we are as designers makes it easier for clients to understand who we are.
1: Right. And also attract the ideal client. So if you want to attract on price, you can do that. Like, There's plenty of services you can offer that are going to get that client who's price budget focused to come to you. It's just going to be more of a volume game for you to make money, right. but it's totally possible if you want to push style and style is your thing like susan again was saying that she wasn't really feeling like she has so many different types of projects and styles that she likes that she doesn't feel like her aesthetic is very obvious but some are so so for instance she doesn't put like have a style aesthetic as her lure right where like the Heidi Collier for sure does.
0: Yes. Like that's the calling card for some designers. And then I look at other designers work and I'm like, damn, they're doing a shit ton of projects. They're getting paid. But I wouldn't recognize their work in a stack of House or Pinterest photos. If, if you if you put a Heidi or an Amber project or so many designers, if if you put a Studio Ashby project, like I'm going to be like, that looks like Studio Ashby. Like I will mm-hmm. pick it out. Of hundreds of photos on a page because it feels like them. And I don't think every designer needs that. I don't think we should feel like we need to do that.
1: No, because we don't see their process and their technical skills, which are probably killer. And that was probably like a really smooth, easy process for the client. They didn't have to make a lot of decisions. They didn't have to Mm -hmm. deal with a lot of back and forth. And we aren't seeing that on Instagram. I guess is really the point. Like, there's a lot of other things that are under the hood and what it takes to get a project done.
0: Right. Exactly. So, like, maybe it's the getting designers to showcase their thing. The like their best feature sounds weird, but it's like, yeah. What do you want to be your attractor? Like. What's the U factor? What's the X factor? What's the what's the magic sauce? Like what is that from? Who is that? What's that thing going to be that sets you apart that you should really lead with with people? Is it your process? Is it your skills? Is it your is it your specialties and knowledge about vendors? Like I think we've got to just get to what's that thing that you're going to do better than anyone else that they could want to hire.
1: Yes, that is just like Your unique selling point and lean into it and don't be ashamed of it or wish it was something else or you feel like it should be something else. No, you're not going to be somebody else. So put it forward and don't compare.
0: As much as you can. Coming from two people who said, We were at dinner talking about other designers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, but that's how it came up because I'm always, I mean, I tend to be the like devil's advocate of like, There's something like that person's always got something. We just can't see it. And then
0: people are always staying in that best Western.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a a lot more best Westerns than there are
0: Ritz Carlton's. -Carlton's. Yeah.
1: Cause more people need them. They're making it
0: up on quantity.
1: Yeah. And just a need, like they're filling a need.
0: And in the same way in homes, I recognize that like while we're in a luxury industry, I do really still believe that everybody can benefit from good design. And I want everyone to benefit from good design. And that means that the market, because we're living in a capitalist society, the market will provide for that if there are designers who offer that service of sort of democratized design or like accessible design, there will always be new designers, there will always be people getting their start. And so there will always be clients who are looking for the, I want to work with the designer to have a good kitchen or a good bathroom. Like It just needs to be functional, aesthetically pleasing. Don't go over budget. Don't do anything crazy. And because that market will always provide for that, you don't have to be stuck with that. If that's not what you want to do, but if you're happy with it and you're like, "Damn, this lets me live my life and be with my kids," and it supports vacations, like I think it's it's okay to say, like, "I'm okay not being this internationally published designer." Like being in Architectural Digest might not be your goal,
1: right? And I always I always say or think like Studio McGee. There's a lot of valuable things to learn from her in her business. Like, she's mm-hmm. an amazing success. Does not blow me away with the aesthetic, although I think right. it's beautiful. But damn, can I have a, her paycheck? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's just like consistency at its finest. Like, she right. is, she hit on something that works, that is well loved, that she and her team people want it are very good at and it's paying those bills
0: yeah and more no she set up generational wealth for her entire family
1: yeah and it's In not from being like 10 years the biggest i i mean i don't know a lot of people think it is pretty wow. Well, so that we're probably on the I, more extreme end of what wow is but like our capacity easy to forget
0: like, like when you look at Midwestern housing and you're just like, oh, yeah, like to most of America, most. these these houses are show stopping for most Americans. And, and then, not
1: Midwest, like California, like most people just suburban. want basic things. Yeah.
0: And then And then, yeah, the thought of creating that one unique feature is like, whoa, 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 too far. Let's reel it back a few steps there.
1: Well, yeah, there's... Color
0: on the walls, I don't think so. How about one wall?
1: How about one wall?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or wallpaper? You're crazy. Uh, Well, I know.
1: Right. So we're like, I'm like, how many different types of wallpaper can one house have? I don't know. I'm going to find out, though.
0: There's... The limit does not exist.
1: It's just, just limited of how many walls you have, right?
0: Yeah, how many? Yeah, how much square footage are we covering here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot. So yeah, so our like litmus test for, like, sh- like the showstopper, we're on the like extreme interest. I don't know capacity. I guess like of we what? would live w- of like what we would say really blows like, us what's away. What's too
0: much? Yeah, oh.
1: like there's not a too much for me,
0: and I, I could yeah. live in
1: a pr- I could live in a pretty intense kind of a house if it's beautiful. Oh, I mean, I do live yeah. in an intense kind of a house.
0: I want like I want color and vibrance and personality, and I also recognize that because of what my interests are and because the. Art, I'm the, like, I think part of it is it is so personality driven that even for our clients, it's. I've had a client who I'm still working with who, like, looked at some of the stuff I did or little gallery things I created. And she was like, I look at that and that feels cluttered and busy and overwhelming. And I was like, yeah, that's totally fair. Like, to you, that's what that looks like. And then to me, my home is telling the story of my life, and the things and places that I've loved, the art that I'm most interested in and intrigued by. And to me, that story is important for me to live in it and to have it around me. And I think that that's where I can look at a home. Like I think another good example is visually, if you look at the Flamingo estate, and you look at the style and the level of detail layering and all of that, you look at that and you see it and you're like, this is a this this home tells a story. This home has a distinct perspective. And I think whenever I see spaces that feel like they have a distinct perspective, I'm attracted to that because <laughs> Kelly Marcler has myself. something to do with it. Yeah. Like even if I don't live in that home, even if I'm like, well, I couldn't live in that one. But I would definitely want to stay here and know the people who do, or like have a have have like a dinner with these people or be invited to their cocktail party. Like I think it's that attractiveness of the a life well lived and being in beautiful scenario like beautiful places and kind of letting that inspire me constantly. And then for me, the opposite of that is being in just like an all-white environment all the time does not fill up my bucket. Like the sense of calm I get does not outweigh my desire to have excitement and personality. It's
1: the storytelling, yeah, and the personality for me that every object and layer adds to. It's the story
0: for me, mama. It's the story. Yes.
1: So all that is to say, there actually is no right or wrong. So it's just... We're not all
0: created equal.
1: Right. And yeah, we don't all have the same comfort levels
0: because, because there, is no, there is no need for us to be equal that would as be designers. So boring. And ew, like, w- <laughs> I think you said before we started recording that it's not apples to apples. And that's what I mean by there is no equal. Like, we're talking about mango and passion fruits. And clementines, and like we're Bananas. all we're all a different fruit, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, like we always say this when we're at market: like, who is this for? Like a certain weird thing that we see.
0: Yeah, like piece of furniture or art, or you're like whose house is this going into? Who? Which designer is doing this?
1: And they're selling it, so it's going into somebody's. So, like those wh- live love signs
0: are going somewhere. Oh God. <laughs> In the garbage,
1: um, but even things that are just even cuckoo. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. Just embrace the you of it.
0: Finding your own motivation, your own intention for doing this, like.
1: And then I think that's not. Trick, it's not an exact science. It obviously no, because we're just all over the place, but. I think <laughs> finding how to communicate it for what your thing is, is just like really the key. Like if it is style and aesthetic, we talked about Heidi Collier and one of the things that she does that is so consistent is yes, her design style, even though it's still evolving, I see the evolution of her style, but she yeah. has used the same photographer for years and his photography style combined with her design aesthetic is like a whole thing.
0: It's yeah, instantly like there's a, there's recognizable. A, yeah, there's a team a team sort of mentality, a partnership mentality would between Heidi and Harris where you're like, I yeah, someone else would photograph this and it would look completely different. Like the project would feel different. The energy would be different. The styling would probably change the entire environment. And
1: I wouldn't recognize it. I wouldn't stop in my scroll and know that that's a Heidi project. Like if somebody like did a light and bright, like blown out style on her rooms, you wouldn't recognize them in quite the same way, which is really interesting. have,
0: Have you ever noticed that sometimes when you see a project that was shared on a designer's Instagram versus being styled for like Elle mm. Decor or whatever and then usually when usually when it's a really large national publication they will have it restyled and and reshot for the magazine specifically and you can see the difference when you can compare them between like the Elle Decor spread versus the designer's portfolio page and you're like oh like These are still very like, I know who this is now, I'm still reading it, but the project feels and looks, the energy is completely different. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's the magic of styling and photography is it can take the same home and make it look and feel like a completely different project.
1: So you can do that with yours too. And yeah, I mean, that's also like if your style isn't really layered and really detailed, maybe... (laughs) A little styling might help. Don't hire a real estate photographer. (laughs) There's (laughs) ways to add to it. There's options. But yeah, like really figure out your process and communicate that. Because when I hear designers that I know talk about their really dialed-in process, I'm like, sold myself. Like, wow, that's amazing (laughs) that they know exactly how many... Meetings and how long everything's going to take. Like, they've got it down to a total it's two science. two
0: weeks to this and one day to this yeah. and four days of this. And you're like, what? Like, you're lucky some days if you get me to sit down at my computer and get anything done.
1: No, but that's... But it's awesome. Like, if I was their client, I would love that. So, I don't know. There's just a lot of ways to crack an egg. To make an omelet? What is it?
0: <laughs> a lot of... Uh... Is I feel like we're between a couple sayings. You have to break
1: an egg to make an omelet.
0: I think that's a different. (laughs) I think that phrase goes somewhere else. I think yeah, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs, which is (laughs) like I feel like that's like yeah, yeah, that's where that's headed. (laughs) But I think I'm trying to salvage it into um, lots of different eggs will make a good omelet.
1: There's a lot I'm trying of to help you. omelets on the menu at IHOP. I don't know. Lots okay. of
0: omelets all taste good?
1: Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It omelets. just depends Actually, on
0: what kind of omelet you want.
1: All omelets taste good.
0: Yeah, it just depends on what kind of omelet you want and who do you want to make your omelet.
1: Yeah, because like the traditional French omelets that are really just eggs and butter with mm-hmm, and like a couple sprinkles chives of chives. It's all yeah. about the technique. Like it has, no, like there's no filling to it, but it's and incredible. The simplicity. Yeah, and it's amazing because the technique is so precise.
0: Well, if anything, we've given the hotties quite a few analogies and <laughs> metaphors today. And <In> omelet
1: recipes.
0: <laughs> and yeah, maybe some hunger along with it. But I'm also hoping that we pulled some of you away from this comparison game to look at it differently and say that's really great they're doing all these projects. Or it's really awesome that they have these clients or this part of their business. And to instead of saying like, and it's not the, but why do I not have it? Or when Mm -hmm. will I get mine? Like we all can exist together here and we all have totally different things that we're trying to accomplish with our careers, with what we want to spend our paychecks on where we want to be to feel like we've proven ourselves. And I feel sort of at peace with I, I would say I feel at peace with where I am now knowing I'm getting paid. I have people that I like to work with. I have clients that I like to work with. I have, for the most part, budgets that I'm okay working with. I'd love more every I mean any who would say no to more money for budgets. But I think that Five years ago, Renstead Interiors would feel really stoked at where I am right now. Right. And probably the same okay. for Studio Plum.
1: Probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's, she's out yeah. right now. Call back later for five years ago, Studio Plum. <laughs>
1: we'll see. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, five years ago, Studio Plum would have been like, I don't know how we're I got from here to there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she'd we're be starting like, another wait. Business?
0: Yeah, she'd be like, "Wait, you own three businesses, girl." <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> I mean, that part wouldn't surprise me. But
0: five years ago, Studio Plum would be saying, "Wait, why did you have to start a podcast <laughs> because of people getting sick?"
1: <laughs> you were. Why at were you home? locked in your house? Oh yeah. my god!
0: Why were you locked in Seriously. your house? I don't understand. Would be five years ago, Studio Plum. Yeah, wow. Oh, the places we'll go.
1: Oh, I should write
0: a book (laughs) about that.
1: Well, I don't know. Yeah, so I hope you're all encouraged. We're getting into the season where we need to start planning out our next year. Or if you're Sean, you've already done it for months. But... (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You really, you know, we're on the brink of a freshie. So just... Reposition yourself, even if it's just in your head, and know that I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay.
0: And gosh darn it, people like you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. We like you. We yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time,
1: stay hot, designers. Thanks for listening to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast.
0: For more on what we talked about today, check out the show notes.
1: Your support helps us grow, so share with your design besties.
0: And subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.
1: Our conversations continue on Instagram.
0: And be sure to download our monthly resources on our website and our Patreon.